Uh, week three of We Are the Church. Can you say We Are the Church? Do you really believe that you're the church? I mean, that, that's, you know, that's the biggest thing. I, we've gone through this for two weeks. This will be week three. And these messages are nothing that's unusual if you've ever been in a church service. I mean, these, these things are things that I've heard for years. I've preached for years. The Bible is, you know, 2,000 years old. And it's been being said over and over and over. But somehow, we miss it. We get caught up in the day-to-day life. And we miss it. We think that, hey, number one, we think that we're all more important than what we really are. I mean, just honestly, we all think we're more important than what we really are. We think we are God's gift to the church. And let's be honest about it. If God don't need you. I mean, hey, God's been trucking along for about six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve thousand years without you. Right? He's eternal. He's been here forever. And he's made it just fine without you. The church is going to prevail without you, right? The Bible says, Jesus speaking, that uh, even the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Jesus will build his church, and there's nothing all the devil can do about it. So it's going to happen, right? What he does is he gives us the opportunity to join him in this endeavor and become part of the church, become his child, and help to... Rest, restore people who have fallen away from God, people who have never known God, restore them so that they spend an eternity in heaven, not an eternity in hell. But do you realize it's only the church that's been mandated to do that? It's not the drunk on the bar stool. It's not the crackhead out on the corner. It's not the prostitute walking up 41. It's not the school teacher sitting in there and doing her job Monday through Friday. It's not mom and dad. It's the church. Oftentimes we, I think, as the church, want to take the Bible and we want to take it out and we want to make people obey the Bible. Right? Because we know it's good. But let's be honest about it. You heard Garth say that he's thankful for everything God has brought him through. And if you, if you take the time to get to know Garth, you'll find out that God's brought him through a ton of garbage. I mean, a ton. Self-induced. I mean, self-induced. God didn't do it. He did it. But... God was faithful to carry him through even prior to his salvation. But even more so after that. But it took somebody going to Garth at some point in his life and sharing the gospel. It took someone going to share the good news. You say, well, preacher, I can't talk to people. If that's what this is about, I'm just out. Listen, you talk to people all day long. All day you walk around, you're breathing air. Why can't you talk? Well, I don't know the Bible. I don't know that there's 1,182 chapters of the Bible. That's okay. Now you do. You don't have to know all the Bible verses in the world. But if you're saved, you're part of the church. And you can share what God has done for you and how he entered you into the church. Now, again, real quick, just I know we've got some visitors, so I just want to make sure that we're clear about this. The church is not this building that you're in. So I just want to say that, and maybe you disagree with me, and that's okay. You don't have to come back next week. But the church is not this building. We could go out there and meet under the pine trees, and that's the church. See, the church is the collection of the body of believers. The buildings weren't called the church until the 13th, 14th century. Then we got wrong and started calling them the church. But 
it's the gathering, the fellowship of the believers is the church. We are the church. So if you've got your Bibles with you, open up to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, it is on the screen, it is in your notes. I like to read it from the Bible as much as I can. Uh, sometimes my glasses get to playing tricks on me um, because I'm still not used to, used to wearing them. So uh, sometimes I'll, I'll start to look under the bottom of them and I have to take them off because I'm seeing words like 12 times now. Uh, so we're, we're going to do the best we can. The Bible says this, how then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Well, there you go, preacher. I'm off the hook. I'm off the hook. I'm not a preacher. I'm off the hook. Well, hang on. You're not, but you might think you are. Verse 15. And how can they preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Yes, they did. Their voice has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the ends of the earth. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses said, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that lacks understanding. And Isaiah says boldly, I was found by those who are not looking for me. I revealed myself to those who were not asking for me, but to Israel, he says, all day long I've held out my hands to a disobedient and defiant people. Before we pray, I want you to understand that we have the opportunity at the gospel because an entire nation rejected Jesus. Now, we would have still gotten the gospel Okay, but God's plan, he knew the Israelites would reject, which would give him the chance to graft in, adopt the Gentiles. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm not Jewish, so I was out of luck. My wife is Jewish. My kids have some Jewish blood, obviously, so maybe they had a shot. But I was not Jewish, so without the grafting in of the Gentiles, I was destined to hell. And yet, through the rejection of Jesus, the Israelites opened the doors wide open for us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. And God, we thank you for the opportunity, once again, to be able to gather in a building. And Father, know that we can be called the church, not because of the building, but because of your people. God, we thank you for the air conditioning right now. God, we understand there are some people gathering, Father, who don't have air conditioning. God, we thank you for the lights and the fans and the sound system, all of which are great. But God, even without them, Father, we're still the church. But God, we thank you for the gifts that you've given us. Now, Father, we pray that you would hide me behind your cross. God, that you would speak through me the words that you would have said. Father, I pray that you would encourage, rebuke, reprove. Father, I pray that when we leave here, every one of us could say it's been good to meet with the Lord today. God, I pray that if there's one here lost and undone, someone, Father, who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. God, I pray that they'll hear something that will jar them. Father, hear something that might cause them to take another step closer and that your Holy Spirit would do his job and draw them in. Again, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So if you're new to Bayshore, let me just say real quick, um, I can be loud, just so you know. Uh, I'm not necessarily always screaming at you, I'm just loud. Uh, it's just what it is. I, I have a mic because we record. But what we want you to do is we want you to come and feel comfortable. We want you to come and be able to belong, just kind of hang out. You ain't got to believe what we believe. And we are okay with that. We're not going to hand you a mic and let you tell us everything you believe, but we're okay with you hanging out, even if you don't believe what we believe. We just want to let you hang out and belong and kind of feel like a family. Because that's what we are. We're one big family. Uh, we, we are the family of God, and we want to show you what Jesus did for you. We want to show you the love that he had for you. So if you'll just come belong, just come hang out, you'll find out that, hey, we really are just as crazy as we act on Sunday morning. I mean, this is like a seven-day-a-week thing, right? If we've got members who are starting YouTube channels who are watching YouTube to figure out how to start a YouTube channel. Okay, we won't talk about Paul that way, but he's doing it. But, so we want you to come and belong first. Secondly, we want you to maybe believe. See, eventually what we believe is if you'll hang out with us long enough, Jesus will get in and you'll believe what we believe. You'll believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You'll believe that Jesus Christ really did die upon a cross for your sins. You'll believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If you don't quit, you're going to make these guys believe that I really whip you. Okay. So you'll believe that Jesus Christ really rose from the dead. But we also believe that Jesus Christ really is God himself too. John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So we are not one of these denominations that believe that Jesus is somebody else. We believe Jesus really is almighty God himself revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you'll hang out long enough, I promise you, you'll be that way too. And then maybe after you belonged a little while and you believe, we just ask that maybe if you learn how to do it, you can behave down the road. Okay. Some of us ain't figured it out yet, but we're working on it. We're better now than what we used to be. All right. So. Let's jump into our message. We are the church. You know, people aren't listening because we ain't talking. Did you hear me? People aren't listening because we ain't talking. Has nothing to do with the fact that they're just not believing the gospel. It has to do with the fact that the church is shut up. The church is so afraid to say things because we're going to be politically incorrect, right? Right now there's this equality bill that's in Congress. And they say, hey, if this equality bill passes, things are going to go radically different for the church. Well, listen, my Bible says it's going to happen anyways. I'm okay with it. Right? My Bible says, though, that Jesus will overcome the world. And because Jesus has overcome the world, I will too. And as Garth says all the time, I'm saved anyway, so I'm good to go. Right? I'm good. But the church has failed to share the gospel. We bend over. We break. Because it's not popular. Listen, it's not popular to preach on hell. I understand that. It's, you know, people don't like that. Well, I don't care. It's in the Bible. It's not popular to tell a drunk that he's a drunk. But guess what? He's a drunk. It's not popular to tell people that they should get married instead of being shacked up. It's not popular. I understand that. But that's what the Bible says. And if Jesus Christ saved me, which I believe he did, If Jesus Christ died upon the cross and shed his blood for me, and he bought me, then I no longer have the right 
to decide what I want to share. I just have to share what he's told me to. The Bible says that I'm not my own, that I've been purchased with a price. I've been bought with a price. That I am now a slave, a bond servant, as Paul would call himself, to the man Jesus Christ. So I do what he orders me to do. Period. The church, though, for whatever reason, has gotten off on that. We've decided that, hey, well, that one's not popular, so we're not going to talk about that. Well, people won't come to church if we talk about that. Well, if we, if we make stands against certain sins, people won't come. Listen, sin is sin. If you're a liar, you're a sinner. If you're gay, you're a sinner. In my book, it's the same. Now, if you disagree, show me in the Bible where it's different. In the Bible, it's the same. Does that mean that we're going to raise one sin up above the other? We're going to love the, love the liar and hate the homosexual? No. See, we hate the sin, but we're going to love the person. And the church has gotten off on that. We've gotten so far into wanting to love the person that we don't even talk about the sin. Because we're afraid if we talk about the sin that they'll bolt. Listen, I just had to tell my wife this this week. I said she was sharing with me about sharing Jesus with some people. And she said, well, I didn't want to say that. And I had to say, honey, what are you going to do? Drive them to hell faster? I mean, if they're already going, you can't make them go any faster. You're there to try to prevent them from getting in. Right? I mean, I'm all the time talking about charging the gates of hell with water pistols. I really want some guys and gals that will stand with me at the gates of hell. And if people want in hell, they got to beat us to get in. I'm not looking, I can't drive them any faster there. When you were born, you were headed to hell. That's not my fault. We were born sinners. That's what we earned. Jesus gives us a gift to where we didn't got to go. I just thought about something that I was talking about hell. Do you know the difference between a Northern Baptist and a Southern Baptist? I'll tell a joke. Do you know, do you know the difference between a Northern Baptist and a Southern Baptist? A Northern Baptist, no chicken. Man, you're talking about chicken. I'm going to stop preaching. We're going to go eat. So a northern Baptist says there ain't no hell. A southern Baptist says hell there ain't. Some of you will get that about three in the morning. It was funny even if you didn't laugh. I got another one, but I can't tell it. I could, but I'm not going to. Okay. So in your notes, if you'll flip your, your notes over. I want to answer this question that's there. So why care about those who have never heard about Jesus? Why should we even care? Because here's the unfortunate thing. There are some people that believe once they get their ticket punched and they're going to heaven that they're just going to sit sour and soak. They're not worried about sharing Jesus with anybody. They're just going to sit there. I got mine. I'm going. And truth be told, most of them don't even care if their family making it either. I got mine, and I'm good. I got my ticket punched. Let me just say, if you thought you could come to Sunday morning service, and you could feel good, check this thing off your list and go home, come back next week and feel good, you walked into the wrong place. Because we don't believe in people just sit souring and soaking around here. We believe that if you're going to be saved, if you're going to be part of the church, you have to be active. Because we ain't dragging along no dead foot, right? We ain't dragging along a dead pinky toe. We're going to cut it off if we have to. So this question, so why care about those who have never heard about the gospel? I'm glad you asked that question because I've got six answers for you. Number one, because God made salvation universally available. 
You can find that in verses 12 and 13. It says, um, Jesus talking now uh, through the Apostle Paul says, Since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because... Now listen, because the same Lord richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I don't know about you, but I'm good with that. Now I've been, I pastored a church before I got here that didn't believe that. And listen, I think there are lots of churches out there that don't. Now some may say you're meddling now and I might be, but the fact is, Brother Alex, I think there's some churches that don't really believe that. They read it. They even read it in the King James, right? For all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. They read it. They may get an amen. But let's be honest. Their walks ain't matching their talk. Right? They get out and they ain't sharing Jesus with people. So do you really believe... That everyone who calls upon Jesus can be saved if you're not will if you're not willing to share it with them. That's a good question. Do we really believe that? Now, our congregation, if we look across the congregation, I believe we got a pretty good mix, right? We've got Caucasian, we've got African American, we have Alex. Uh, I'm not sure what Alex is, but we have Alex. We have Blanca. Uh, we, we have a mix. I believe heaven's going to look a lot like this. Because everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. But they can't be saved if you're not willing to tell them. See, the gospel is all inclusive. It doesn't mean that God's going to save everybody at the end of it, right? Because those people who aren't saved by Jesus Christ are going to hell. I was in racetrack, that, or I was there today, but I was in racetrack this week. And uh, my wife tells me I need to get a new wardrobe. Okay? She says, every shirt that you own has Bayshore on it. So I looked through the other day, and I was going to wear a shirt that didn't have Bayshore on it, and I didn't have one, so I had to put a Bayshore shirt on. And I went to racetrack, and on the back of our shirts, we have new shirts coming, by the way, just a quick promo. So if you want a new shirt, make sure you see me today, because I'm ordering them tomorrow. But, so I'm wearing the Bayshore shirt, and it's is giving our our statement that, hey, we were here to grow, uh, reach, and serve for Jesus, right? And so this lady, sweet little old lady, she come walking up to me. And at racetrack, they've got, like, computerized coffee pots. I mean, if you've not been to racetrack, it's worth a field trip, okay? So you go, and so she come walking up to me, and I thought she wanted me to show her how to use the coffee pot because I'm, like, expert. I can do it. So she's walking up. She says, son, can you? And I'm like, yeah, I can show. And I just cut her off. Yeah, I can show you how to use the coffee pot. What size cup do you want? She's like, no, I wanted to see if you could take this and maybe come join us. I'm like, so I, I, I didn't take anything out of anyone's hand yet because I want to see what she was trying to offer me. Right? I mean, if it was a winning lottery ticket, I might have taken it. But it wasn't. Uh, it was a Jehovah Witness flyer. And so I, I scanned real quickly, and I got to the very bottom because that's where they hide. And, and I saw that it was Jehovah Witness, and I said, ma'am, I, I don't want that. And she's like, well, you know, you, you, need to, you need to be saved. And I said, well, ma'am, I believe I am. She said, well, why do you believe that? I said, well, I'm glad you asked me. She, and so I began to talk to her, and there were four other people sitting over at the table with her. And I said, are you with them? She said, yeah, I'm with them. I said, well, let's just go over there, and we can all talk. 
So I walked over and I pulled the chair up because I'm just going to make myself comfortable. And I began to talk. They began to get up and leave. She was still sitting there, though, and I said, why are they leaving? She said, because they think that you're lost. And I said, why am I lost? Well, because you think Jesus is the only way to heaven, and it's just by faith. I said, well, that's what your Bible tells me. Well, my Bible doesn't say that. I said, sure it does until you changed it. And she said, oh, really? I said, yeah, I got another Bible out in the truck. If you want me to go get it, I'd be happy to show you. About that time, she said, yeah, that'd be okay. So I got up to go get the Bible, and her husband snuck back in the other door and snatched her. The fact is, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It can be the Jehovah Witness who tried to witness to me, right? I mean, she was on it. She was trying, sweet little old lady. I mean, she probably baked some great cookies. But here's the fact, sweet little old lady or not, she may bake the finest cookies, but if she doesn't come to know Jesus Christ as her personal salvation, she'll be baking cookies in hell for all of eternity. And I know that's not popular, but that's not my problem. The Bible says it, and guys around here, we're just going to go by what the Bible says. I had a Muslim man come into the office this week. You say, a Muslim? Yeah, he walked right in the office, wanted to sell me some office paper. So I said, he sat down, we began to talk, because I'll talk to anybody, because I believe what that verse says. I believe everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. I believe that. So I didn't have to go looking for him. He came all by himself. I'm thinking, you're a sucker. And he sat down and he told me he was from Egypt. And I said, that's really cool. I know some stories about Egypt. Let me tell you one. So I began to share with him about this man named Joseph, right? Who wound up in Egypt and all this bad stuff happened to him, but God sent him there to be able to save his family, to reconcile his family, right? And I said, there's a man named Jesus who was done the same way. God sent him to the earth and all this bad stuff happened to him, but he was sent to reconcile mankind back to God. And he said, Jesus, Jesus is in my Bible. I said, yes, he is, but let me tell you about him. We talked for 45 minutes about Jesus. I'd love to tell you he bowed his knee and prayed right there, but he didn't. But you know what he did do? He came back the next day. And then he came back two days after that. So you know what? It may take a couple days. It may take a couple weeks. It may take a couple months. But God's letting me plant seeds in this young man's life, 23 years old, here in America without his family who are in Egypt, working for Staples, doing the best he can to provide an income for himself, but he walked in the wrong door. Because I'm chasing him. We're going to share the gospel with him. Why? Because I believe that everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. That's why we share Jesus with those people. Is because God made salvation universally available. It's available to everyone, not just Americans. If you're born in the United States, raise your hand. That's a lot of us, right? Now watch this. Put your hands back now. If you're born outside of the United States, raise your hand. So we have one... Boy, you were born in Tallahassee. Put your hand down. (laughs) Geography needs to get back in school, don't it? 
I mean, if Ryland had raised his hand, he was born in Key West. That might have been outside the United States. But <laughs> Tallahassee is in. Do you know Alex is saved? Brenda says yes. No one else knows it, but Brenda does. <laughs> now, let, let's be honest about it, Brenda. Earlier you told me you tried to call the pest control man to get rid of that thing following you, and he said he couldn't do anything with him. <laughs> <laughs> So the fact is, the gospel had to go to Colombia to get Alex. Had to go to the Philippines to get Mahal. Valerie, where were you born? Germany. Well, that's why you came to America. <laughs> the, the fact is, the gospel had to go somewhere else, right? And if you won't go take it somewhere else, who's going to take it? The gospel had to come to America somehow. Because if it hadn't come to America, all of us who were born here, we'd die here and go to hell. But someone had to come here to share the gospel. You say, well, how do you know they had to come here? Because Jerusalem is not in North America. Just so you know. I know my geography well enough to know that. Um... So it's universally available, so we have to go. Number two, because no one can be saved without the preaching of the gospel. No one can be saved. Verse 14 says, this is where I should put my glasses back on, but how then can they call on him they have not believed in? How then can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a, say the word, preacher? All of a sudden, everyone just got off the hook, didn't they? No. Listen, God said when he saved you, he made you a saint. Now, I know some of you, and I'm questioning that, but I'm not God, so. Alex. Um, the fact is, no one can be saved without the preaching of the gospel. So that is not the Sunday morning, the preacher stand up and off he goes. Let's ask this question. How many people were saved outside of a Sunday morning service, meaning, let's say outside of a Sunday, meaning that you were saved somewhere else other than in a preaching service. That's a lot of people. You know why I got my salvation? Jesus. That's a trick question. Uh, I got saved at my bedside, at my bedside, September 12th, 2008, 11.58 at night. But I heard the gospel from my wife and she wasn't telling me she was living it i had put her through hell for three years and yet she was willing to go through marriage counseling with me for a year to try to see if we could be do any better put her through but she lived out the gospel she showed me love when i didn't deserve it some of you who know me well may think that she's still showing me love i don't deserve right but it's a good thing this is your last week. <laughs> so, it wasn't a preach. Now, I had one of the greatest preachers, I believe. Uh, he was my best friend. I drove him everywhere. I didn't get saved with him. I had great friends. That My father-in-law is a pastor. He'll be here in just a little over a month. I told my uh, if I was sick that day that he was here, I'd even let him speak. I didn't get saved through him. 
I had another good friend who ran a children's home in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Great man of God. I'd go down there and just do work for him just to be around him and around the kids. I didn't get saved through him. I got saved by watching my wife live out the gospel in front of me. She wasn't a preacher by our terms. She actually married me because I was the furthest thing from a preacher. That's why she married me. He's got a huge sense of humor, don't he? So, she had to live out the gospel and show me what it really meant to be like Jesus. And that's what caused me to get saved. Many of you who just raised your hands who got saved outside of Sunday morning service, it was because someone else preached the gospel, not the vocational pastor or vocational preacher, but it was somebody else. Whether they did it in word, action, they shared the gospel with you outside of what we think the confines of the church is. But no one can be saved without the preaching of the gospel. I'm thankful my wife preached it. I'm I sure hope that you're thankful, whoever shared the gospel with you. I, I sure hope that you're thankful did it too. See, when we go, we should go to share the gospel. That's why Jesus says to be in the world and not of the world. That we should be different, right? But we should still be there. Because if we're not there, they're never going to hear the gospel. They're never going to see the gospel. How many lost people are your friends? How many lost people, people who don't go to church, people who don't believe in Jesus Christ, people who are living lives that you know are wrong, how many of those are your friends? Because you should have lots. Because how are you preaching the gospel to them if they're not? You got to. I tell Joy all the time that, hey, we got a jacked up family. I got seven kids. My kids are not like angels. That's why Canaan's up here this morning. Uh, Canaan's not an angel, but come here, son. Canaan is not angel, but he is a saint. See, Canaan trusted Jesus Christ. And you know, do you know why he trusted him? Not because daddy beat it into him, although they've been good. Uh, he trusted him because he's watched some of you. Because even when Hurricanean comes out, and he's not just Canaan, he's Hurricanean, some of you just love on him. Paul came and picked him up this week and took him to the park. Why? Because Paul had to? No. Because Paul loved him. He just wanted to invest in him. See, what happened to the church investing in young people instead of shunning young, young people? If you don't sit down and straighten up, though, I'm going to invest in something else. You're the flip-flop. John and Mark. John and Peter. Um, so guys, we preach the gospel not just by word, but we preach it by deed. And you have to preach the gospel when you're out of here. Church is not something that you do on Sunday. Church is who we are. Church is who we are. Number three. Because no one can preach until he is sent. Verse 15. You say, well, this is pretty easy. We're just going right down through the verses. We are. It, it's, it's pretty easy. Oh, look at that. He's slick. Now he put that right up there. Thank you. 
And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Jesus, you say, well, I've not been sent. Sure you have. Jesus said once he saved you, he told you what? Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. Go. He said go. You've been sent. But you realize that if we, the church, don't start holding people accountable to that, all we're going to do is sit here in our little bitty bubble and watch the world fall to pieces. Oh, wait. It's already doing that. See, the church in the 1960s and early 70s sat. You say, well, what do you mean? They sat while a demonic force pushed through our nation. And then all of a sudden it became legalized. Abortion. And it's killed more babies than wars combined. You say, well, what could the church do? The church should have stood up. The church should have stood up. We wouldn't be where we are today. It'd be a different world. So you say, well, that's already there. Well, now what do we do? Now we stand. See, we preach the gospel everywhere, all the time, and if necessary, we even use words. You just love people. I mean, you just love people. It's complicated, ain't it, Alex? I mean, some people are just unlovable, right? Is that, that's how much you love me today? Oh. What do you mean by that? Okay. She saved you again. Uh, it's, it's easy to get caught up in your day-to-day activities and miss the world. It's easy. It's easy to look at the people begging on the street corner for money and drive by, even when something inside of you is telling you, hey, pull off and talk to them. It's easy to do. It's easy to see the person in church as everyone gets up and is walking out. You look over and you see the person sitting there and they've got tears flowing. It's easy to say, well, I'll let someone else do that and keep walking. It's easy to go home and walk in your front door when you look at your neighbor's house and grass is four foot high and you know they've got problems, but it's easy just to take care of yourself. But you've been sent to preach the gospel. And did you know what? The gospel is inconvenient. Jesus left everything in heaven and came to the earth and inconvenienced himself for us. So for us to inconvenience ourselves for somebody else should be natural. We should want to do that. You say, well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to be inconvenienced. I believe some of you think that. The fact is, I don't do what I do because I'm the preacher. I do what I do because Jesus saved me. I do what I do because I'm part of the church. It's not convenient to get up early in the morning and go meet someone for a surgery. It's not convenient. It's not convenient to have your phone ring at 2.30 and someone on the other end of the phone just wants to talk. That's all they they just want. I've never met them. They just want to talk. And we're so in tears that someone answered the phone. I'll be honest. The man side of me said I could act like I dropped the call. 
It's not convenient to share the gospel. But you've been to share it. And if you don't share it, who's going to? If you don't share the gospel, who is going to? Number four. Because faith only comes by hearing the word of God. Verse 17. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. It's the only way people get saved. That's it. Like, the guy who is in China, and he's got this incurable disease. I mean, it's a cancer that it's kill him. There's, there's nothing they can do to solve it. He's just going to die. So his family's preparing. They've got three months to spend with him, and they're just preparing. Well, there's a young doctor over in Denver, North or Denver, uh, Colorado, and he's working at a university, and he develops a cure for this cancer that the guy in China has. But the guy in China died. Well, why did he die? There was a cure. He didn't know there was a cure. He didn't know. So he wound up dying. There are people all over the world who don't know about Jesus. And they're going to wind up dying. And when they die, they're going to go to hell. Now, I can look at some of your faces and tell that you don't like that. But if you died without knowing Jesus, you'd go to hell. See, the fact that you're going to hell has nothing to do with Jesus. The fact that you're going to hell is the fact that the Bible says that you were condemned already. You were born a sinner. That's what we are. But we found the cure. Because we heard about this man named Jesus. We saw what this man named Jesus did to somebody. So we began to want to hear the word of God. We began to want to track down and figure it out. And see, our faith came by hearing the word of God. Whether you hear it audibly or you hear it visually, your faith came from that. My wife, we're dealing, uh, you, you guys know about the baby and that's okay. He, he's doing great. Uh, but Joy has got some, some problems and we, well, more than just me, but uh, she has other problems. Um, and we don't know what it is, so we're not here to freak out or anything like that. We're, we're just trusting God as we're working, you know, to get to the doctor and do some of this other stuff. But she, she told me this morning, she said, I had a dream last night. And I'm careful about dreams because I can't interpret my own dreams. And I'm sure enough not going to interpret hers. But she said, I had a dream last night and I was at a doctor's office. And the doctor came in and said, everything's good. You're fine. Now, I don't know if that's God giving us a heads up. Saying, hey, quit stressing about it so much. Because I'm just telling you, when, when things happen and you're like, you begin to think the worst, right? So I don't know if that's what it is or it, what, I don't know. Maybe she ate some bad sushi last night. That'd really be bad since we ain't got any sushi, so it'd really be bad. But I, I don't know what it is, but I know that God has it in control and her faith is because we've seen God do some miraculous things, not just in our life, but others. We've heard some miraculous things. So guys, the fact is faith only comes by hearing the word of God. And if you're not sharing the word of God in your life, in your voice, 
How are they ever going to hear it? They ain't listening because you ain't talking. Number five. Because God always intended the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. Earth. 18 through 20. Man, he is on this today. I may have to give him a raise. Well, you about three foot in the air. That's all the raise you're getting. But, verse 18, but I ask, did they not hear? Yes, they did. Their voice has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the end of the earth. We have a privilege that lots of them didn't. I can stand right here in South Florida and preach today, and there are people in Romania, France, other parts of the world that are listening. You say, well, I can't do that. Sure you can. You got Facebook? Got, nope. Got email? Yep. Got a cell phone? You know, cell phones are like AT&T. They reach out and touch you. No matter where you're at. I mean, you can't even say, well, I didn't have good coverage. Because that's like, like, I I try that sometimes. My mom will call from Alabama, and she'll be talking about something that I just don't really want to hear. And I'll be like, I'm, I'm dropping you. I can't hear. She'll say, boy, if you don't straighten up. Yes, ma'am. Uh, if you got all that, I mean, we have technology. And yet there are people in the world who have never heard the gospel because we're not talking. So they ain't listening. The gospel is intended to go throughout all the world. It's not us for and no more. It's for Everybody. So you have to decide, am I going to be part of the everybody? Or am I going to sit sour and soak? Because if you're going to sit sour and soak, you may want to, you know, mosey down the road. Those days are over. Number six. Because God still loves the world in spite of its sin. See, God knew you before he saved you. Romans 5 and verse 8. While we were yet sinners, while we wanted nothing to do with God, while we were his enemy, he sent his son to die in our place. So God still loves the world in spite of the world, in spite of their sin, in spite of their desire to have nothing to do with them. You know, God loves the atheists that will stand on the street corner and tell you that God doesn't exist the whole time breathing the air that God has put in his body. You know that? Did you know that God loves the murderer? You know God loves the Buddhist. God loves the Muslim. God loves the Christian. God loves your dad. He loves your mom. He loves your kids. God loves the world. I believe that. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. People, what do you do? He gave his only his only one son, and not perish. God loves the world, but God ain't going to save the whole world. The only way they're going to be saved is by the gospel. John fourteen six, Jesus speaking. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to heaven except through me. Period. Mohammed ain't getting you in. 
Buddha ain't helping. John Smith ain't getting you past the gate. Washing all the windows ain't getting you in. Giving all the money. Yeah, giving all the money ain't getting you in. I, I, we already took up the offering, so. It's for kids. They won't hold that one against me. Uh, the fact is God loves the world. And the only way in is through his son Jesus who died on the cross for your sins and mine. So I have two final statements. We're going to do a love offering for the VBS and we're done. We will share the gospel with others when we remember what we were before someone shared it with us. If that's God, if it's God, you can answer it. Anyone else have to wait. We will share the gospel with others when we remember what we were before someone shared it with us. You know, that's why people don't share the gospels actively. It's because they think they, they syndrome that they think they're better than everybody else. So they just don't share it. But when you remember what you are without Jesus, when you remember that if you got what you deserved, you'd have your back broke and in the pits of hell this morning, you're willing to share the gospel. Because you got a reprieve and you want them to get one too. Last statement, we're done. Every believer's a preacher. Say, I am a preacher. There ain't many of you. Let's try it again. I am a preacher. Boy, that's scary. And responsible for helping to advance the gospel throughout the world. No, no, no. We're going to read it all together. We're going to read this all. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So, all right, on the count of three, everyone read what's on the screen. One, two, three. Is a preacher and responsible for helping to advance the gospel throughout the world. Thank you. You got it now. You, you just said it yourself. You've been commissioned. Now all you have to do is go. So I'm going to help you with that part too. I'm going to pray and then you can go. No, really, you can get out of here after I'm done praying. Okay. Father God, we thank you for this day. And God, we, we thank you that we are the church. God, we thank you that you've given us our marching orders already. We're not waiting for Washington to send them in. Father, it's not an email that has gotten lost. But God, you sent it by Bible mail. Father, you sent your son to earth with the message in his body, in his lips, in his hands as he bled upon the cross for us. So God, you've, got, you've commissioned us to go out and share the gospel to all the world. So God, we're believers. And Father, if we're believers, we're to help you advance the gospel throughout the entire world. Father, we're to preach the gospel day in and day out. And as D.L. Moody said, Father, even use words if we have to. So Father, I pray for everyone's week. God, I pray that they'd have a great week. Father, I pray that they would share the gospel everywhere that they go. God, I pray for VBS on Friday. God, I pray for us, the workers. God, I pray for the children. God, I pray that they'll come and be in a safe environment and that they'll hear Jesus preached and see Jesus lived out. Again, Father, we love you and we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. He wants to be the preacher now. All right, so Rawson is in the back. 
Rawson, shake them all down when they come past you. All right. God bless you guys. I love you. Don't forget VBS offering in the back by Rawson.